Hey, I'm Pastor Steve Holt. I want to empower you today to walk in your true identity as a worshiper and warrior. Today, embrace the power of God's Word and the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the Born for War podcast. Now, during Christmas, I think more than any other time of year, statistics would bear this out. Um, Lots of people have nostalgic feelings and memories of their past that aren't the reality of what they're living right now and despair sets in. So I think I'd be, I think I'd be fair to say that a number of you in this room are struggling with despair, maybe feel a little depressed this time of year. And I want you to know that um, you're here. And that says something about who you are. And the fact that you're here, I pray that before you leave, you'll get a glimpse of Christmas in a deeper way through the worship, through the music, through the message, and through the love of others around you. But we love you, and we're there for you. And everybody in this life goes through despair. Everybody in this life goes through hard times and difficult times. And I want to encourage you to have some, we say blood-stained allies at our church, but have some friends. You need friends. Stay close to people. And if you don't have a lot of close friends, just stay close to the ones that you do have. But God is closer than a brother. He's always with you, and he's there for you. Well, men and women, the nations of our world right now are on edge. As of August, over 500,000 young men, women, and children have been killed in the Ukraine war. The injured is over 2 million, with most of these being women and children. On October 7th, 1,400 Israeli men, women, and children were killed by Hamas terrorists. Israel then launched a retaliatory strike against the Gaza Strip with over 18,000 killed and 50,000 injured, most of whom women and children. We as humans continually figure out new ways to destroy ourselves. No other species created by God is so adept at creating new wars and killing its own. In the U.S., we have aborted over 63 million of our babies since 1973. There are over 16,000 homicides each year due to domestic violence. There are 85,000 migrant children missing from the border, we don't know where they are. The greatest threat to civil society is humankind. We keep thinking up new ways to kidnap and steal and destroy ourselves. Now grab your Bible. If you brought your Bible, grab your Bible. And I want you to hold it up. Now this is a book written by God to man to give us revelation about truth. And, and, and how to live in the abundant life. So repeat after me, Bill. This is the Bible. In the Bible, we read about Satan. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to bring life and bring life that's more abundantly. Christmas changes everything. But Father God, right now, in the name and the blood of Jesus, I pray that those who haven't discovered Christmas would, 
And we that have discovered Christmas would discover it and experience it in a deeper way. Amen. The French philosopher Blaise Pascal once said, what else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness of which all that now remains is the empty and the print and trace. This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things the help which cannot, those things that are the things that are not, though none can help. Since this infinite obus can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object, in other words, by God himself. So no matter how well your new computer works or how beautiful your Christmas tree is or how many lights you have on your house or on your bushes or on your car Or how wonderful and cool is your Samsung or Sony or Panasonic 98-inch flat-screen TV? If there's no electricity, it doesn't work. You need His power. Christmas is about the power of God. Christmas is about plugging into God. Christmas changes everything. Without Jesus, there's no power. It doesn't matter how many things we have if our heart isn't engaged by the power of God. You see, man makes a lousy God, and the earth needs Christmas. Christmas changes everything. And the first announcement at Christmas was not to Mary. The first announcement of Christmas was not to Joseph. The first announcement of Christmas was not to some wise men. The announcement of Christmas was not to the angels. The announcement of Christmas was not to Micah and Isaiah 900 years before. The first announcement of Christmas was to Satan. So turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 is the most important chapter, arguably, in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 3, we learn about the serpent. We learn about Satan. Satan kind of enters in. For the first time in the Bible, in the form of a serpent, he tempts Eve, Eve sins, then Eve tempts Adam, Adam sins, then God shows up and he goes to Adam and Adam says Eve did it, and then Eve says that the serpent did it, and then God comes to the serpent, he curses him. So look at Genesis 3, 14. So the Lord said to the servant, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Now look at verse 15. This is the first announcement of Christmas. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Listen, he, this one that's going to come, he shall bruise your head. A circle head, and then right in the margin, R-O-S-H. Right in the margin, the Hebrew phonetic spelling, rosh, which is the word for head. It means authority. 
It means power. It can mean kingdom. It can mean dominion. God's saying, there's a day coming where I'm sending someone through a seed, a virgin. He didn't know it then, but a seed is going to come. It's going to be my seed. Not going to be man's DNA. It's going to be my DNA. And he is going to crush your head. He is going to crush your authority. He is going to crush your kingdom. He's going to crush your power and dominion because a new kingdom's coming, because a new king is coming, and he's taking it all back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Christmas changes everything. Christmas is about a king being sent from heaven to earth as a child, as a man, from a virgin, a seed, one seed, her seed, not seeds, not plural, seed, singular seed, that's going to crush the authority and the power of Satan. And every person that invites Jesus Christ into their heart, that begins to walk with Christ, begins to read this book, believe this book, walk in the promises of God, crushes Satan's head. Because the kingdom has come. That's why we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. As you forgive and trespass and you forgive us. For thine is the kingdom and the and the forever and ever. Amen. So Christ comes and changes everything. And the announcement is to Satan. So that's where Christmas begins. It all begins right here. Crushing the head of Satan. Now Isaiah 9, don't have to turn there. But Isaiah 9, 900 years before the birth of Christ, Isaiah says, the people who walked in darkness are going to see a great light. And those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined, predicting that the Messiah would come to those in darkness who are in the shadow of death. Men and women, we are living in darkness. Does anybody here know we're living in darkness? A new national poll of America's 18 to 29-year-olds by Harvard's Institute of Politics has found that nearly two-thirds, that 64% of young Americans have more fear than hope about the future. American health has the worst outcomes of any industrialized nation in the world. We were number one in the world in 1986. We're 40th out of 40 industrialized nations in the world today through our health care. We developed drugs to take for to take for every ailment and sickness, and those pills create a dozen other side effects. I keep wondering if I'm going to see somebody come in, they got a nose on their neck, got another ear. I went to the FDA website, preparing for this message, and here's what it reads, quote, drugs approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, for sale in the United States must be safe and effective which means that the benefits of the drug must be greater than the known risk. Same paragraph. Same paragraph. 
three sentences later says, quote, side effects can vary from minor problems like runny nose to life-threatening events such as heart attack or liver damage. I don't know, I just, I'm not real smart, but seems like death's not a benefit. <laughs> We're all living in darkness, but a great light has come. That's the story of Christmas. Christmas changes everything. Isaiah 9, 6, same chapter, a few verses later. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. At Christmas, Jesus has come to bring his kingdom. He came with his kingdom. That government, that rulership, that dominion over the enemy and over all of the earth comes through Christ. Christmas changes everything. So when I was a freshman at University of Georgia and I'd injured my knee, I was an athlete there and God shared with me about a relationship with God and I was long on religion, short on relationship. I grew up Lutheran. I was in the church nine months before I was born. I was baptized in a dress. At six weeks old, that's not right, but that's what they did. And then I was confirmed at 16. I mean, I had, I was, I had a PhD in being Lutheran. And if you give me the green hymnal or the red hymnal, I can memorize, I've got that lit, liturgy memorized, man. 18 years of that. I just didn't know Jesus. And so a guy shared with me, and one night, coming back from a party, I went into a little chapel, and back in those days, they didn't lock churches at night. And so the church, door, the church doors were open. I went in. It wasn't much bigger than this stage. And there was a neon cross, and I knelt there, and I invited Christ to come into my life. I discovered Christmas. Christmas changed everything. It changed the trajectory of my life. It changed the vision for my life. It changed my purpose for living. It changed everything. Christ changes everything. Christmas changes everything. A new government was established in my heart. So now turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. And we pick up the Christmas story in Matthew 1, 18. See, I needed a new government in my life. I needed a new king in my life. I needed fulfillment. I needed peace. I needed joy. I needed forgiveness. And by surrendering everything to Christ, he came in with the government of the kingdom. And many women, that government of the kingdom is, is growing. It's increasing all over the globe. Don't let the media tell you otherwise. They're fearful of it. And we're going to see in our story that there's one guy, there's one guy that really gets what's about to happen at Christmas. And he's, he's, he's not a good guy but he understands what Christmas is all about. But let's start at verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Underline of the Holy Spirit. And then put right on the side, 
not our DNA. Not our DNA. God doesn't want your DNA. God doesn't want my DNA. He doesn't want human DNA. He wants divine DNA. We destroy ourselves. We mess it all up. We're sinners. We're selfish. Anybody here selfish? Ooh, a lot of hands went up. I didn't even ask for a show of hands. There's some really honest people in here. I'm selfish. That's my wife. God's saying, I don't want your DNA. I've got heavenly DNA. I've got kingdom of God DNA. He's going to come, and it's the great mystery of the universe. It's the greatest mystery scientifically, theologically ever known to man, and that is that God became man. Fully man, fully God to save us from our sins. So without our DNA... Christ came through that seed. Remember the announcement? So there's that one seed, Mary. Now he comes. He sends his son of, of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary... Your wife, for that which is conceived in her, here it is again, is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, in my Bible, I circle Jesus. For he will, and I underline, for he will save his people from their sins. So Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. So he's named, first of all, Jesus because he's going to save us from ourselves, from our selfishness, from our tendency to kill ourselves. We're out of control. We're the only species that does that. And yet God loves us so much, he sends his son to save us. Verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. Remember Genesis 3.15, what we just read. Behold, the virgin, the seed, shall be with child. The woman with the seed shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So a new name, Jesus, Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So God, Jehovah, is sending his son to be just like us, Emmanuel, God with us, to save us from our sins. That's Christmas. So let's put it all together. Satan gets the announcement that his head's going to get crushed through a seed, a singular seed, which now in Matthew, Matthew is prophesying what we've already known 900 years before with Isaiah and Micah and over 100 prophecies in the Old Testament that this seed's going to come and crush the head of Satan, bring the kingdom of God that's going to continually increase. Now, we can look at that corporately or we can look at that singularly. That when you put your faith in Christ... He forgives you of your sins. But that, man, that's just the beginning. 
That's like the wedding ceremony. It's like just because you've had a wedding ceremony, in a sense, doesn't mean you're married. I mean, it means technically you're married, but you ask anybody five years later or 10 years later, they'll tell you, man, I didn't know anything when I had that wedding ceremony. So first putting our faith in Christ is just the beginning. It's the start of a journey of a road less traveled in our lives. A new government takes over. A new king takes over the throne of our life. And then here's what's, here's what's exciting. The increase of that government never ends. It just keeps, the more we keep surrendering to Christ, the more the kingdom of God increases in life. That's why Christmas changes everything. That's why Christmas in our heart sets you free to not just to be saved, but for the chains to be broken and the increase of his government can increase in our lives. That's pretty exciting. So six reasons. I want to give you six reasons why Christmas changes everything. There could be 20. I thought that was too many. I started off and then I, and then I got to 15 and then I was at 14 and then seven sounded good and then I cut one of those. So now we're at six reasons. Six reasons why Christmas changes everything or we'll be here all afternoon and I, I'll just empty this place. Okay. <laughs> Number one. Christmas changes everything because earth keeps attempting to destroy itself and it needs help from another place. Have you ever been in a, in a situation where you need help? Some of you have been to counseling. I've been to counseling. And when I went to counseling, I needed help from another place. Well, our earth needs help from another place. We need help because we're not too good at figuring it out on our own. That's why I still appreciate that at Congress, they open with prayer. Now, it may not mean be more than a formality, but it, it, it's, it makes a statement. It makes a declaration that we need help in the decisions that we're going to make that day. I'm so proud and encouraged that if you go to any city council meeting here in Colorado Springs, they always open in prayer. That many of our um, congressional meetings that we have um, open in prayer. We're saying, I need help. I hope you pray as a family because you need help. I hope you husbands and wives pray together because you need help. It's help from another place. It's, it's quite interesting that the statistics show that men and women, husbands and wives that read the Bible together and pray together every day, the chance of divorce is one in 1,019. You heard that from me. You're not going to hear that on any of these websites because it would mean that you're acknowledging that we need help from a higher power. We need help from a king. We need, a help. We need help from the kingdom of God. Number two, Christmas changes everything because humanity needs a savior. We got plenty of killers. We got plenty of people who will pillage us. We have uh, plenty of people who will tax us. We have plenty of people that will come and put us in slavery of some sort. But Christ comes to save us. He comes to set us free. He comes and he says, I came to set the captives free. We need a savior. Christmas is a statement. You're here with a statement that changes everything that you need a savior. That Christ 
The Jesus, the Savior of the world, has come. Now look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. And this is what I was meaning earlier. There's one guy in this story that really, really gets what's going on. And he's like the bad guy in all the stories. All the stories is like if, if you're in a um, Christmas play and you get the part of Herod, nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants to be Herod. He's really bad, right? But Herod might be the smartest one in the whole group. He really gets what's going on. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ, the Messiah, was to be born. Number three, Christmas changes everything because earth needs a new government. Herod was troubled because Herod got it. There's something, there's a new king. There's a new kingdom. There's a new government coming. And I don't think I'm going to like that government. And I don't want anybody else to be king. But when Christ comes into our lives and more increasingly in our nation's lives, it will bring the kingdom government. Number four, Christmas changes everything because earth needs new leadership. Does anybody here think that maybe the earth needs new leadership? (laughs) If you don't, you need to get out more often because there's a real quandary in leadership. But when Christ comes and begins to take over things, he brings a new leadership. He brings the kingdom of God. He brings the reign and the rule of God over our lives. Wherever true Christianity goes, it changes things. The kingdom-empowered church ended slavery in England and America. The kingdom-empowered church led the civil rights movement in the 1960s. The kingdom-empowered church builds hospitals all over the world. The kingdom-empowered church feeds the poor. Locally, that's more than a meal. Care and share, overcome poverty, Mercy's Gate, Crossfire Ministries, and Catholic Charities. You can't go hungry in this city because of Christians because of believers that are feeding the poor. The kingdom-empowered church is working to fight sex trafficking. The kingdom-empowered church is working tirelessly to save the lives of unborn children, locally save the storks and Life Network, which we so adamantly support. The kingdom-empowered church sent 10 young people last week into one of the most dangerous cities in the world to help an orphanage and to help kids on the border. That takes courage. That's what happens in a kingdom-empowered life and a kingdom-empowered church. Number five, Christmas changes everything because peace cannot come from the earth, but to the earth. There's no peace on earth. You know what I mean? There's no peace on earth unless there's the Prince of Peace. And when the Prince of Peace comes, we have a chance of peace on the earth. And wherever the Prince of Peace is announced, peace breaks out. Because the Prince of Peace brings peace not from the earth, but to the earth. 
Sixthly, lastly, Christmas changes everything because the creator pursues the created. In Hinduism, the created pursue the creator. In Islam, the created pursue the creator. In Buddhism, the created pursue the creator. But only in Christianity does the creator pursue the created by coming down in the form of a man and loving us here. Not calling us up to some nirvana or some eternal peace that we can't even understand, but peace came to us and he pursues you. And he's pursuing you right now. And he loves you right where you're at. Whatever your background, wherever you slept last night, whatever you're looking at on the internet, God's pursuing you. That's Christmas. Christmas changes everything. Christmas is Christ pursuing you and me. And Christmas can change everything in your life. Have you given yourself to him? Have you made him king? Man, 2024 is going to be interesting, gang. You know that? That's why our theme at the road is bring it on. Because I'm not walking in fear. I'm walking in courage because I got a king on the throne of my heart and we have a king on the throne of our hearts at this church and we're going to walk with courage and hope. I hope you will too. Your Christmas changes everything and Christmas can change you. Have you given your heart to Christ? Have you fully embraced Christ? Why not do that? It's really smart. It's really smart to follow Jesus. It's really not smart not to. You see what the world does with itself? Plug into the power. Light up your life. Let the light of the world light you up. Thank you for listening to the Born for War podcast. We hope today's message has empowered you to make a difference in your world. To connect with Pastor Steve's sermons, books, and blog, visit steveholtonline.org. God bless.